So beginning again, feeling the ground beneath us, taking some deep breaths. The exhalation, just softening the jaw, dropping the shoulders, softening the belly. Letting ourselves be supported by the ground. On the inhalation, perhaps a few slower, deepening breaths. Suffusing the breath energy with awareness through the body. And the exhalation, softening out of the holding, energetic holding and the patterning of that holding that's felt in the body. Breathing in, taking breath and awareness, bringing space around places of tightness and holding. Arriving more fully into our body experience, into this space, into our being, into awareness, into the knowing of the heart. This heart in so many ways is so mysterious. place where form and emptiness the experience of phenomena that arises in the ground of being merge this ground of being is already the place where the indivisibility of form and emptiness well in the heart sutra we've been exploring there's the encouragement to in some translation it begins with iha sariputra which means be here. Sariputra in some ways represents in the sutra the brilliant mind that knows a lot, has seen a lot, there's a lot of wisdom, a lot of understanding, a lot of articulation, a lot of profound understanding and yet there's still the invitation for that mind, for that profound understanding of that mind to strip away even deeper from its knowledge is to enter into this mystery of the heart 
this pure knowing, awareness, being. It's not moving out into a shape to create something that's known about through the perceptions and stories and familiarities of the cognitive realm, of the mind itself, the thinking mind, the papancha of the mind. It's a teaching that the Buddha gave to point to these two dimensions of that which we have words for, which describes how we understand our experience and then the formlessness at the heart of that experience and those structures that arise through the designation of our thinking in our naming of things. We talked about if you go to the, the Ganges River, or any river, if you go to a river, we have a name like the Ganges River, then we all know what we're talking about. We might have even sat on the banks of the Ganges, drank some chai. feel like we're really here in the spiritual place. We might have seen pictures or read about it. He said, if you actually lean into that Ganges River, which is so iconic, and pick it up, then it runs through your fingers. You can't hold anything. It's all, there might be a bubble for a moment, and then that dissolves. So what is that Ganges River? When we come up close, when we pick it up, when we try and hold something called the river. And he made this analogy in the same way as the experience of who we feel ourselves to be, think ourselves to be, the stories of who we are. It it cohesively, cognitively, in a felt sense way, there's this continuity, this continuum of history, of past, present, future, this movement of me. If you notice, the me is very central to all of our internal dialogues. <laughs> How me is doing, what me is thinking, where me is going, what others think of me, what I'm doing about that, what I need to do. And yet if we go in the eye of investigation, and we try and pick that up with the analogy of these khandhas that appear in the Heart Sutra. Form is empty. Feeling, perception, memory, familiarity. What is that exactly? We have these stories, these memories, and they're important. Important to us, it's not to dismiss their value and power. But if we look incisively to the heart of that, what is actually 
consistent here, what is stable, or what is actually solid. It just runs through our fingers. Sankara is empty, this patterning, these patterns that we've been with. Jen Sajuta would say, eyeball to eyeball with our karma. This is what our practice in the retreat is often feels like. Can't quite move away, just stuck. And seeing again and again and again these tendencies, these shapes of the self. Very, some of them very powerful, some of them very hard to be with, some of them very deep. And have a lot of energy, and feeling tones with them. Difficult feeling often, actually, that we have to visit again and again. Mind states, stories. So bearing with all that is a huge part of the practice without giving rise to adding more, to concretizing and deepening into that patterning, but beginning to aerate it, help it to be released, to be freed, free up the energy body from the oppressions of the past that we carry. But if we go through and see through our insight and try to pick up what is that exactly, even into the most difficult feeling tone, looking, we can't find that core exactly, so I can't quite put your finger on something that is there and will stay there. It's vibration, moving, oscillating. And even moments of this fifth sphere of the khandhas of consciousness itself, that consciousness, the vinyana, that which gives rise to the sense of me experiencing that, you, it. There's this me that seems to be ongoing, that's a fulcrum within which we have these experiences of it, the subject-object or in the dependent origination that we were looking at, the Nama Rupa. Third cog of the twelve links. But actually, even if that, you look at that, the sense of continuity of me knowing something, even that appearance of the knowing and the what is known come and arise, they, they coexist. They they hold each other up for a moment and then it moves on. And again, there's no ground in that. Reflecting, as we start to reflect through the eye of vipassana to see into the nature of things, supported by this gathering, this focusing, doesn't have to be a deep jhanic absorption. Ajahn Chah would say, if you've got enough concentration to read a book, then you have enough samadhi to liberate mind and heart from its identification and its absorption with the the patternings, the sankhara, 
which is establishing wisdom, right view to understand and to see and be in relationship with what's happening, what's arising to be able to do that clearly. What is what is this? This this questions we've been asking Cohen, what what is this here? Who is who is this? Who does this belong to? Who is struggling? Who is worrying? Who's trying to get somewhere? Sometimes if you direct that who directly into the sense of self, it can be too much. Especially if we feel find ourselves feeling psychologically ground groundless in that. It can be disassociating in a way. So to to pick up the medicine of the of these methods carefully, how do we use them with care? That we can turn that who to the pattern, who's who's holding all of this? Who's trying to get somewhere? Who doesn't feel that it's enough yet? A lot of that that occupies and oppresses the mind. I'm not enough. The practice isn't enough. I can guarantee however much practice you've done, until we see that view, it will never be enough. (laughs) If you do it perfectly, if you haven't really seen the, the part of the mind that goes, it's not enough and you're not enough and there's still something else, to get, then we'll always be beholden to that subtle becoming of the mind. We haven't seen thoroughly that bhava tanha, the becoming of the mind, the the feeling of of I have to find a shape that it's that I've done enough, that it's enough, that it's that I'm worthy somehow. this as we see and then through the eye of the, the heart sutra which deepens into the vipassana takes us even deeper where the subject and object the me and it that I'm looking at start to dissolve what happens then and the ground of being ground of this awareness this ground of being is actually the, f- the home of all form. All forms return, indivisible, the indivisible nature at its heart of consciousness itself, this pure knowing itself. Not so much the knowing of, s- of something through that mind that separates out, which is one piece, the knowing that's willing to in a certain way not to have to know everything that can enter more the unknowing experience of what the heart suture is in essence offering as a transmission there's nothing to know there's nothing to be there's nothing to become There's nothing to gain. There's nothing to attain. 
just be here. Be here naked to here. Where we see we've run out, the mind has run out into so many places trying to find that home. Not understanding that the home is already here, the host is in the Shurangama Sutra that we looked at. The host has always been here, so we confuse the host with the guest. We run out with the guest, running around while back at home at the hearth, the core, the host is waiting for those guests to return. So this is a way of, rather than going out to things, to allow things to come to us. Allowing whatever arises, the phenomena of our experience, to come here, back to the heart. It implies really a deep acceptance, a deep undivided way of being with the phenomena of all of it. Deep, deep, non-divisive beingness. Not creating, as it says in the Heart Sutra, those walls of the mind where we partition everything off. We like that, we don't like that, we want this, we don't want that. As Kadiwa Sara was saying about a great saint, Indian Siddha, with great enormous powers of mostly of love, but also miraculous siddhis. In Kuroli Baba, some of you might have heard of him. And uh, one of his great arts, when people would come to practice at his ashram, was throwing them out. <laughs> he wasn't someone trying to gain disciples at all. He was like, you know, Jao, go. <laughs> Maybe come back some other time. And tremendous amounts of stories recorded around his the phenomena of what he was. He didn't really sit and teach. He was a sort of a realized being. They don't sit and give talks really like this. <laughs> they awaken directly. So one day, Nin Krali Baba is sitting in the ashram. He's just going... Too much, too little, too little, too much, too hot, too cold, too hot, too hot, too cold, too cold, too cold, too cold, too hot, too hot, too hot, too much, too much, too little, too little, too little. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like, I do like, I do like, I do like, I do like. And they're all thinking, he went like that all day long. And his disciples were going, he's gone mad. What are you doing, Baba? What are you doing? Oh, no, no, I'm just listening to your minds. It's the mind forever. Don't like, don't like, don't like. Shouldn't be, shouldn't be, shouldn't be. Should be better, should be better, should be better. They're doing it better, they're doing it better. No, 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 I'm doing it better, I'm doing it better. I'm the one, I'm the one. No, 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 they... And on it goes. I mean, it is poignant and funny. But in the place of deep radical, this returning to the root, returning to the mystery of the knowingness of the heart, that's not building those walls. Like in the third noble truth, the niroda literally means... Knee is without, roda is, uh, root is like wall or prison, not 
building those walls is a return to an undivided state. We accept each other. We don't like each other, maybe. There's certainly a lot we don't like. But all things exist in this one awareness, a resident here in this one undivided heart, awareness. There's nothing outside of the Dharma. That which we say is really good, the angels, and that which we say is really bad, the demons. They all have their place. There's an invitation, in a way, in this deep returning to that deep host. It's allowing everything to be here. It's not becoming everything, but it's reflecting deeply on the nature as in the Heart Sutra, coursing the depths of the mystery. This Avalokiteshvara is the one that regards at ease as a deep invitation to relax, to stop fighting, to be at ease. That doesn't mean to say that there aren't the place, there isn't a very appropriate place for boundaries, psychological boundaries, for naming differences, for challenge against that which is destructive. Of course there's a place for that in the manifested realm that we need to get very clear about. But in an internal reality, there is no division. There is no ultimate separation between anything. There's no discrete part that you can take out of the whole picture. All this, that, co-arising, dependent and interdependent on each other, on everything, being actually implied in this is a very deep intimacy with everything. Everything is deeply intimate to everything else in a certain way, in the heart of Avadakiteshvara, the one that contemplates at ease. So Avadakiteshvara Guanyin is the one listens at ease with compassion and is able to do that because understands the nature of all phenomena is fundamentally shunyata, empty. Terrifying some of it for sure. And again, it doesn't mean to say, oh, it's empty, therefore I don't have to care, or I don't have to bother. I've definitely seen practitioners that have come from that place. They don't have to even keep any ethics and have created a lot of problems, <laughs> a lot of abuse, a lot of... You know, this, this Avadakiteshvara is the one that holds deep compassion and the ethics of that compassion, harmlessness, and the profound emptiness, they merge in this heart, in this knowing, in this presence.
So it's an invitation to bring back all the parts of ourselves through that contemplation of Avalokiteshvara, to sit in the ground of Avalokiteshvara, Guan Yin, when nothing is outside of that awareness. In this whole cosmos, even the boundaries of life and death dissolve. Everything and all of us are in each other's hearts at some level. This deep flow of phenomena and creation, extraordinary. And it's all arising and dissolving into this profound, mysterious, uncaused, unborn, unoriginated, knowing emptiness that can know. This is a buddhic buddhi to know, that just knows. You... Whatever, as Ananda Mahimah said, another beautiful saint similar to name Kauri Baba, when asked who she was, she said, before I was born, I was the same. As I grew up and this body was married, she was a Bengali housewife, so it was arranged marriage, I was the same. As I served and cooked and helped and went around my daily chores, I was the same. As I'm speaking to you now, I am the same. After I die, I am the same. And even as the dance of creation unfolds in the halls of eternity, I shall be the same. So who's that? What's that? So that's us at some profound level, immediate level, imminent level, here and now, here, our being, our knowing. To know the knowing. The Reese Davis Dictionary, the Pali English translations, which is is 1920s, it's a bit old-fashioned in some of its translations, but it's a particular dictionary that I love and hung out with for a long time. Because it goes into etymological roots of the words, into the Brahminic languages, from the Pali to the Sanskrit. And it sometimes gives you a very, you know, just a different way of understanding a word. And one of the definitions, this vicha, this knowingness, knowing, as opposed to avicha, the first link in the dependent origination, basically generates the whole mass of suffering when we move from that avicha, not seeing clearly, being shaped by what is emerging, as claiming it as self, 
This vijja, that's the, you know, replacing, when, when there's avijja, there's the experience of samsara, that, you know, that, that taste of dukkha, the endlessness of it all. When there's vijja, then everything is dharma. So we reflect on its dharma, its nature. It's just doing what it does. Beings arising, passing, doing all sorts of stuff in between. <laughs> and this deep knowing just knows very intimately with Avalokiteshvara, with compassion. All of it with compassion. This translation, the root, going back into the Brahmanic root of the word, is connected not just with seeing, but with feeling, knowing. It's felt. It's not just this clinical, cool, dispassionate, sometimes slightly disassociated sense of emptiness. Where there can be a subtle split. Let me just hold apart from the world of form because I don't really want to be messed up by it. (laughs) It's a real messy business. Just keep it over there a bit. I'm in my emptiness. You know, for a moment and then we fall and we get in the tumble dryer of the stuff. And if you rush back to retreat, there's about that emptiness again. <laughs> but this vijja is to know, yes, to see, like that's the Ganges, everything you pick up, you can't hold any of it. But it's also to feel. So there's that root of compassion to feel that, to see, to see with feeling. And in fact, in in one of the translations, going through the many different ways of looking at this word, it even even has the idea of revelation. Revelation. And, And it even names like a medicine man. I think they mean a shaman. It has the sense of a shamanic way of knowing and seeing and being with. Shaman is the one, in a way, it's one of the root words of Samana. Same root. Samana was a Buddha's disciple. It's the one that transmutes and transforms through the power of knowing what arises, touching it with compassion and pure seeing of the nature of things. Things become transmuted and transformed by bringing and sustaining awareness the angels and the demons. They reveal their nature to us. They come to us. We don't have to run after stuff. It comes to us. It all comes. So in many ways, that process, this process that we're in, like being a portal of consciousness as a human being. Many things come to visit. As Ajahn Chah would say, still forest poor, the happiness of the Buddha. Many things come to visit in that pool. And we know them I can't remember the rest of the quote, but something like, it's cool. (laughs) It's okay. We don't freak out. 
what comes to that pool to drink from the waters of life. Some of it's very poisonous and toxic, and some of it's very sublime and beautiful. And then there's the knowing. The night of the Buddha's awakening, I know you, Mara. I know this. The heart can return to its own nature, unobstructed, undefiled, pristine, stainless. This is an invitation in some ways, rather than pushing things out, struggling, fighting, building walls, all of that, to relax. Yes, to stay in our presence with our breath, the strength of that, with our samadhi. But to be with what we might call the unbearable intimacy of everything, how it touches us, and allow that to induct us, to take us, into the great, ultimately profound intimacy with the great mystery that we are, that is. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.